What's up, guys? What's going on? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology's Daily Devo, and we are continuing on our study through Genesis, and we're on the saga of Abraham, and we're at the apex of that saga. We're at the tip top, um, the third uh, uh, motion or part of the sacrifice of his son Isaac. This is this is uh, the the last chapter. It seemed to be like what we were all waiting for. Finally, Abraham has has got his child. His Sarah has born the child to him. And, and now the following chapter is like, whoa, man, uh, what do they call that? Plot twist, huh? Because God has asked him to sacrifice the son that he has promised to him for all uh, of those years. And now we're at the part where they make it to the mountain. So if you haven't checked out 22, 9 through 19, go ahead and read it. See what it has to say. Come back and uh, we'll discuss the four questions. If you've already read it, let's just jump on into it, man. What is going on? What is being said here in the scriptures? Well, it says that they came to the mountain uh, that God had told them to come to. It says, and when they got there, it says Abraham built an altar. And then it says that on that altar, he ranged the wood. And then it says that he uh, set Isaac uh, uh, upon his son, upon that altar. Now, um, um, the word here that is used for uh, placing Isaac—actually, I'm sorry—he bound Isaac and placed him on the altar. And the word here for bound is is akod, yeah, code. And so, well, why I'm saying this is because um, if if you do any kind of uh, um, uh, Hebrew study, or if you if you do any kind of uh, um, Judaism or read any of those passages, uh, when it talks about this event, uh, it, it, it refers to it as the Akoda um, because it's the binding of Isaac. This is the only time in all of the Hebrew scriptures and all of the Old Testament that this word is used. And it is used specifically uh, for tying up Isaac. Later on in other um, um, other uh, um, writings, it's used, it, 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 it talks about uh, uh, tying the hands and the feet of a, a calf or an ox or a lamb or a sheep or something like that. But it is only referred to in the Old Testament scriptures to the binding of Isaac. And so it has a significant uh, importance to the people of uh, Israel. And so, uh, yeah, if you ever hear anybody say something about the Akoda, they're talking about this passage here, the binding of Isaac. And there's so much that goes on further with that. Uh, and if you if you want to know any more about that, just just hit me up in the comments or something. and We could talk a little bit about that. But, um, yeah, Isaac is bound and he is set upon the altar. And then it says he is placed above the wood on top of the wood. And then it says that that Abraham, his father, stretched out his hand and took the knife. And it says he began to slay his son. But at the moment in which he, it, well, let me, let me back up. I'm sorry. Let me talk about this word slay. So there's, uh, there's like four different words that are used for um, uh, offering a sacrifice. And one of the words that, the, well, the word that is used here is uh, shahot. And so 
the reason this word is used, I believe, by the, the author uses this word is because it's, it's, it's so ambiguous, ambiguous, uh, because it can mean both uh, to slaughter an animal for sacrifice, but it can also mean just to slaughter, just to kill. And so for the writer of, of, of this, he's, he's conveying the message that, man, what is Abraham doing this testing, man? In his, in his mind, in his heart, he's probably torn as to is he offering a, a true sacrifice to Yahweh, his God, or is he just killing the promised son that finally was given to him? Like, what is he doing? He is torn in his heart for this incident that is occurring. But as he offers this, this sacrifice to Yahweh, it says as he draws the knife in order to slaughter his son, a voice from heaven, it says the, the angel of the Lord, a messenger of the Lord calls to him from heaven. And he calls out his name twice. Abraham, Abraham. They say such a significance happens whenever a name is spoken twice quickly. Abraham, Abraham. Says there's an importance that happens. Something is about to be said that you need to listen up. And it was said of Moses. He said, Moses, Moses, you're standing on holy ground. He says, Paul, Paul, when the voice of heaven spoke to him and and he said, why are you persecuting me? Jesus did. But for Abraham, Abraham, he said, don't stretch out your hand against the boy. He says, don't do anything to him. Boy, I bet when he heard that voice, a, 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 just a, a huge leap in his chest. Like, you know, you watch those cartoons and. You see, uh, like the the cat sees the other little cat. I think like Pepe Le Pew sees another little little pew, and his heart just thumps out his chest. It's like super far. You see the little heart just boom, boom, boom. I'm sure that is exactly what happened. As as Abraham was told to stop, to to release that intention that he was about to do, to refrain from putting that knife into his son's heart. It says that behind him, man, that there was a, a ram and a ram was, was caught in a bush stuck by its, uh, by its horns. He says that, that is the sacrifice. That is the sacrifice. He said, Abraham saw that, that God had provided the sacrifice. See, we talked about how this is, is, is main themes is God's faithfulness or God's sovereignty and God's provision. Well, we've seen it here. God has provided. It says that, that Abraham took the ram and he offered up the ram as a sacrifice in place of his son. This, that is the gospel. That is the gospel right there, is that we who deserve to be, to be dead, to find our, our sentence in death, 
because of the things that we've done. But because of God's grace, another is placed there. And that other is, is Jesus. Jesus was placed in ours so that we can have his life. And he would absolve our death, absorb our death. And so they had a ram in place of Isaac. And it says after that that, that uh, they left the place and they returned to their, their servants. But before they returned, Abraham had to name, had to name the place. And he named it, the Lord provides. And it says that even today, that the place, the hill, the mountain in which they are on is called the Lord has provided. He is God of provision. He is the God of provision. And then the angel of the Lord came and, and said something again to him. Uh, he, uh, he says, man, because you have done this thing, man, he says, I swear by myself. Man, you hear this sometimes in the New Testament talking in Hebrews, especially it says that he swore by himself because he couldn't swore by any anybody else, anything greater. He is the greatest thing in existence. And so he swears by himself. And he says it afterwards with the declaration of the Lord saying this statement that he is saying is unbreakable. It's founded upon the greatest words that could ever be spoken. And those words are by the God of creation, the one who has done all things and is able to do all things. And he says, I swear by myself, because of this that you have done, that you have not given up your only son, the, the son that you beloved. He says, because you have done this, man, he says, I will surely bless you. He's not just like, I'm not just going to bless you. In Hebrew, you write the same words down twice. He's like, I'm a Barak Barak you, man. I'm a, I'm a surely bless you, man. He says, I'm a revile revile you, man. He's like, I'm going to surely increase your seed. He says, they're going to be increased like the stars in the sky and like the sands on the seashore. The promises that he promised earlier, man, he is confirming them. He's double downing on them, man. He's saying they're absolutely going to occur. They're going to happen, Abraham. You're going to see it. You've seen it in this one step. And even in the one step in which you took or I gave you actually and told you to give it back, you were going to, you were willing to because you believe that the words that I say are true unbreakable. God made the promise earlier. said, man, I'm going to give you the seed. I'm going to grow you. I'm going to increase you. And then when God said, hey, you're going to have to give me that back. I'm going to have to take it back. Abraham still believes that because he is God and he says what he says, he will do what he says. Man. And so God doubled down on that promise. It says that he, he went back to his, his, his folks, went back to those people that were down there. He returned, said he saddled up his donkeys with them, man, and they returned. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed one more important part. It says because of, uh, of what he's done, it says he's going to give him the land, the, the, uh, the, in, the uh, increase of a seed. It says 
that his uh, descendants will will uh, um, overthrow their enemies' gates. It says that they'll possess the gates of their enemies. But this right here is for us. This right here is for us. It says that in your seed, all the nations of the land will bless themselves or will be blessed. One of the two is it's, it's a little uh, ambiguous the way they use it, but it's uh, uh, it could be understood as bless themselves because if they honor God, then they become blessed. Just like we talked about earlier, it says that uh, if you align yourself with Abraham, you'll be blessed. But if you uh, disalign yourself with him, you'll be cursed. And we compared this and understood this in the same way that the seed is to be blessed as well. And so if we align ourselves with the seed, Jesus, then we are blessed. We are blessed with life and heaven. But if we disalign ourselves with Jesus, then we are cursed and are damned in hell. And so this is for us right here. This is the gospel as well. This is glorious and awesome because it says those who align themselves with the seed through the seed of Abraham, all the nations will be blessed. Everybody, anybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, as Paul says, will be saved. And it's because of this thing that Abraham has done. It's because he was faithful. That's why in Romans it says that uh, we can have uh, be be the seeds of Abraham if we live by the faith of Abraham. It says because of this thing you 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 obeyed my voice and you did not withhold from me your son, your only son, begotten son, uh, your 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 precious son, your beloved son. And then it says that he went back. It says they, they went to Beersheba and they dwelled in Beersheba. So what does it say about God? Well, we see again, it's he's provider. He provided the ram. He, he, he provided the, the means for the sacrifice of the worship. And he provided joy in that home. And he is faithful. He, he does what he says he's going to do. He gave him the promises that he promised him and he doubled down on them. He's going to do them. And we see it as evidence today. What does it say about man? Well, I think it's saying that tests are meant to be passed, right? Tests are meant to be passed. This was a test. We talked about that in the first part, that uh, the first thing that we uh, uh, learned about this entire situation was the fact that this is a test. We all knew this. And tests are meant to be passed, man. I mean, if you're taking tests at school, they don't give them to you because they want you to fail. They give them to you because they want you to pass. But what does a test really do? A test, what it does is it shows you where you're at, that you understand the material. What do they say? He understood the assignment. That's what it's about. And that's what God wants Abraham to realize is that he understood the assignment, man. He knew what was going on. He knew that God was greater than anything, more precious than anything. And because of that, he knew that God would give back the thing that he promised because he promised it. Because God's word is unbreakable. It is a solid rock in which we can stand. It's a fortress in which we can take shelter. That's what God's word is. And then also endure with faithfulness. 
like understanding and knowing that testament to be fast and knowing that that uh, uh, God is provider and faithful endure with faithfulness. That's that's what we're called to do as men. That's what we're called to do as God's children is endure and faithfulness. And so that last thing I said can also be used as an application. Endure instead fastness and pass the test. Pass the test. Man, you have all the tools. Um, we went through Peter's, uh, I believe it's Second Peter, with a buddy of mine in another podcast. Check it out. It's called uh, um, Hewland Street Courses, and we go through Second Peter, and in it, we, we just talk about the fact that, that, that the test is meant to be passed, that God has given us all of these tools for godliness, in the beginning of Second Peter, it says that he's equipped us with everything we need, all things necessity to live in godliness. And so, man, that's what I'm saying right now is that God has given you these tools that you can apply to your lives. That's what we're studying today. That's what we're studying as we're going through all of these uh, um, these uh, um, scriptures in our daily devotionals. And so before I go too long, because it looks like I'm I'm a bit bit over time. I just want to encourage you and I want to uh, exhort you that you can you can walk the path of righteousness by the power of the spirit for the glory and honor of God through Jesus Christ. Pass the test. Endure with steadfastness. Thank you guys for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.